Welcome to Radio Saxaboard, a podcast from the UK's most northerly island of Unst. This small island of just 46 square miles is home to 650 people and to Saxaboard Spaceport, the country's first vertical launch programme. Throughout this podcast, we will offer a series of unique insights into the design, build and operations of Saxaboard Spaceport, whilst giving you a taste of Shetland life. My name is Emily Strang. And my name is Bryden Priest. And this is Radio Saxaboard. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Radio Saxaboard podcast. We are back. Yes, we are. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <I> had... <laughs> well, this hasn't happened before. Well, uh, yes, okay, we're back. I'll yeah. This, uh, I'll, not, I'll remind myself not to be so excited next time. <laughs> it was so musical <laughs> that I just couldn't hold myself back. I will have to cut majority of the laughing. <laughs> but also, it's made worse by the fact, just bear with me for a bit, because I am a little bit ill, so I'm, like, wheezing. <laughs> I'm wheezing my way through this podcast. Yeah, this is, yeah, a lovely Saturday morning um, in the blazing sun. Um, struggle with the heat, which I'm sure most of you will be too. Yeah, I know, the most British thing we could have said, but it is yeah. stupid, stupidly warm right now. Yeah, I, it just shouldn't be like this. Um, in this part of the country, <laughs> it's not natural. <laughs> well, yeah, not as yeah, especially where you're, where you are. Yeah. But yeah, I'd spent my week in in Somerset in a town called Froome, which was really really nice. But we were told that, um, so it was for this drama workshop with um a really really great company, and uh, we were told that the building tends to get really cold. So I, I turned up, like, I had brought three jumpers in my suitcase, some joggers and stuff, and I had only brought two pairs of shorts, so I had to go to Little oh. to, <laughs> to buy myself an extra pair of shorts because it was just so warm. Yeah. Um, that seems like a really exciting week, though. Um, slightly more exciting than mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. For once, you've not been majorly, like running around of you for this no but, but you know what i'm enjoying it yeah <laughs> i bet um although last week i was actually in glasgow at an event um for uh, secondary one and two children um organized by teen tech which is organized by maggie philbin she was a um a tv host on um shows like tomorrow's world back in the day um and so yeah there's about 400 500 kids that went through that day pretty busy full on um but really good fun to get back out there and work with some kids yeah, I completely forgot you did that. And I think you had two until we started recording. Yeah, that just came to me. <laughs> yeah. um, but this week's guest is, do you know, Bryden said we need to talk about how much we love we love this person. And he, so he works for Sax of Ward. And I actually, I think if you asked anyone about Ruri, they would say just what a nice guy he is. And so that's this week's guest. Yeah, he's always smiling. Um always just happy to to help you with anything um and yeah i only met him did you meet him last year because i only met him in uh june possibly um when he came back to work oh yeah so i had met him when he first turned up at saxboard i think he did like three weeks last summer and i i just caught him as he started but i got to see him a lot more this summer for sure 
Yep, and now he's working for the spaceport um, pretty much full-time. Although, as I did that interview, he was flying off the next day for a week in, I think, Santorini, which I was quite jealous <laughs> of. Um, yeah. So I hope he's enjoying that. That's He'll be there when this goes out. Yes, so let's just get speaking to Rory. Absolutely. Hello and welcome to the Radio Podcast. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Brendan? Good, thank you. Um, the first question we ask every guest, Rudy, is um, the same question. Um, so, okay. would you be able to tell me what three things you would take into space if, for whatever reason, you had to go up there? Oof. I can think of many reasons, but that's an interesting question. Uh, let me think. Probably need to start with some kind of hygiene product. So, yeah. <laughs> my toothbrush, you know. <laughs> alone for a long time up there without kind of anything so I'll say my toothbrush first of all and um, the second one I guess space is silent so maybe music of some kind yeah I mean it's not there wouldn't be too much to do up there if you're up alone so kind of something to keep your mind going so yeah music of some kind and then I don't know the third one something warm to wear <laughs> Yeah. So I imagine it gets quite cold up in space. So maybe I imagine so. Yeah. We get, something. <laughs> <laughs> we get quite a variety of answers to those questions. Although I don't think we've had anybody say a toothbrush before, and I'm quite impressed that you thought of that. <laughs> uh, Rudy, would you be able to tell me a bit about yourself, first of all? I'm Rudy Galbraith. I am a graduate engineer up at Saxworth Spaceport up in Unst. Um, I originally come from the Western Isles of Scotland, so it's not too much of a culture shock heading up to where we are for me, <laughs> but I was lucky enough to um, represent the com- uh, company at the recent Tall Ships event down in Lerwick, and it was um, an amazing few days. It was incredible to see the place so alive and busy, and um, something I always cherish being able to do. Yeah. Had you heard of the Tall Ships before you came up to Shetland, really? Funnily enough, I hadn't. <laughs> like a big kind of seafaring island as well. Um, I, I was surprising almost that I haven't heard of it. Um, I think because it is kind of a North Sea thing, that's maybe why yeah. I hadn't. Um, but yeah, I didn't even know the scale of the event at all. Seeing, I think it was about seventy ships come in, just the sheer sizes of some of them. They might have yeah, it was really like something special. It really was, and like I mean, you're saying that you didn't really know much about the scale, but even me, like growing up, and I being briefly at one like um, 11 or so years ago mm-hmm. that I still didn't quite grasp how huge that was going to be um, and I mean you mainly notice that kind of at the night type events I suppose yeah yeah so um, I think you could really tell when there were people were struggling for tickets and like an event of the size in like shell and the whole thing so I think it was the yeah. last day when everything got cancelled and then the disappointing news of telling the crew that they sold something yeah. or whatever but they had nothing left for the guys <laughs> but i know seeing is such like it's normally when you go through Lerwick, it's kind of quiet out and space yeah. out but seeing that many people kind of packed into one place just the lights and the night sky and everything like that it was really really special so yeah and we'll maybe get into a bit about the kind of uh more um entertainment kind of uh, events that we were at um but first of all can we speak a bit about um what we were doing there through work um kind of what was what was the focus of what we were doing there so as a company we are quite secluded in where we are um we're kind of at the end of the world in a sense um we do interact with the local community but at times it's only really feasible to kind of push that out to just the unst area so the thinking behind this was to kind of 
get a bigger outreach of who we are and what we're doing to not only the wider Shetland Islands, but also um, everyone coming in from afar as well. It was really um, a top-notch chance to be able to share our story, what we want to achieve and how we are going about doing it because like, the way people perceive us almost um, is counterintuitive to what we want to do and we want to show that as a company we're looking out for the benefit of the whole of the Shetland Islands as a whole, um, improving the infrastructure, transport links, everything here and really um, bringing an improvement to the whole islands, not just UNS itself. So yeah, it was kind of getting that message out there more than anything while we had the opportunity. Yeah, because I like my kind of grasp of it before we went was we were in like a it was called the tech tent and so uh, it was going to be kind of aimed at kids but then it kind of didn't work out quite like that um but there was a lot of kids we spoke to and we had mike mongo there to speak to speak to them because there was a lot of them that had met him in school or on um online sessions um but it almost kind of worked out as there was all these different activities for kids as well and um, that they would go to and then we would speak to their parents a lot of the time which was it was quite nice yeah so um obviously being in the tech tent i don't think a lot of people firstly assumed that that was something that wasn't involved with it. <laughs> yeah. It took a while for people to realise that we were there. Yeah. But um, being in the tent with like Glasgow Science Centre and all the interactive games, um, obviously kids who come over, see our models, maybe watch the TV video, but then they would head straight over to do that. But what I found really was that kind of our side of it really brought out the child and a lot of parents. They like, mm-hmm. kind of triggered that kind of imaginative response again and um, they were the ones really asking the insightful and meaningful questions like some we hadn't even thought of ourselves so yeah yeah it really um you can see it like, picked up a response in a lot of people um which was really nice to see in a way yeah i think one of the things i found really interesting when we were speaking to people is like the tall ships is this is the third tall ships that's been held in shetland and it's always kind of like a a point where people who don't live in Shetland anymore but are from there will make sure they're back in Shetland for the tall ships. So there's a lot of people coming to the stand that maybe um, are from Shetland, don't live there anymore. So like understand the area, but maybe don't have the knowledge that somebody who's living in Shetland at the moment would about the spaceport and this kind of recent developments there. So that was quite interesting to hear. Yeah, because even with stuff being like, with COVID being so recent, people haven't had the opportunities to get back to the island. Yeah. Those that have and have seen the progress, they maybe saw it when we were escaping out the land or putting the planning in process for, so for them to come back up and actually see that there's structural stuff in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like first time see like the progress we made in like such a short amount of time, I think is really brought the reality of the project to the forefront for some people. So it's, yeah, it's really nice to see that as well. Um, for all the incomers and people coming back to the island so definitely um and we also were lucky enough to have all our new merch on sale um, and while we were there which we weren't expecting to kind of be a big part of the stand we just kind of took it to show it off and um that was a big attraction for a lot of people which is good yeah i think people enjoy the novelty of um (laughs) part of the space for in a way it's really it's really one chance to get kind of thing yeah and you see all these people like wandering with nasa t-shirts on so like obviously this is going to be something that's maybe not quite the same yet but um a similar kind of in the local sense (laughs) (laughs) um yeah no but it was really good um it just felt like a very surreal few days um at one point, like, I think the most surreal moment was probably me and you standing on a pier with a Jack Sparrow impersonator yeah. getting photos taken. It's just like things I did not expect to happen. Um, yeah, it was one of the things that really made the kind of event as a whole. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it was just a, a very busy time in general. And um, we've had a few episodes of the podcast speaking about other things that were on in Shetland um, or further spaceport um, over that period. Um, and it's been yeah just a very, very busy summer. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things did you get up to at the tall ships when we weren't on the stand? Um, so obviously... It was really <clears throat> sorry, um, busy like time, so we were constantly getting people over, but we kind of made sure at the start that we would allow everyone there to kind of go and see the event for a whole as well. So we would like give us a certain amount of time just so you could kind of wander about and see mm-hmm. everything almost. Um, even speaking to the guys that came up from like Glasgow Science Centre and SSE as well, they really like, kind of they were the first time they've been to loads of events and they were the first time that they were like, kind of really impressed by one um, and it really kind of like triggered a response by them as well but just being able to like walk about even all the decorations and stuff about town and like, mm-hmm. seeing it so busy the, the thing that impressed me the most and my favorite part of the whole thing was um when they started the parade and luckily where we were was um so right beside the indonesian navy boat and just seeing kind of the level they'd gone to, all the dragon costumes, all the musical instruments, yeah. walking right past our <laughs> blue fire and everything, that was really, really a surreal moment for me personally, I thought. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was just incredible to see all the kind of different cultures coming together in like Lerwick, just the last place you would expect almost. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Shannon's so used to kind of small scale events, but like mm-hmm. this is. And I imagine it's been, I mean, I was only 11 the last time it was there. I wasn't even born the first time they came. Um, but I imagine it's been the kind of a, a big scale event both times as well. I can have vague memories of the last time, but this just seemed like completely next level to anything I've experienced before in Shetland, mm-hmm. um, which just kind of shows that Shetland can do things like this. Um, and um, like the amount of volunteering and stuff that was going on as well, like everything was run by volunteers um, other than the major main project management team. Yeah. So so it just shows like the kind of community spirit as well and that everybody wants this to, to go off and showcase what Shetland is like. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's such a spectacle. Even like if you weren't at any of the specific events, even just driving into town mm-hmm. and seeing that, especially at night, there was like a lot of the boats that had... Um, and lit up all the rigging with fairy lights. It's just like a massive spectacle. Yeah, I think it was a Thursday night. I can't remember where we were at, but just so where the um, stage was, I was looking out to where I think two of the three or two of the four biggest boats were. And um, obviously they put fairy lights all their masts. And mm-hmm. Kind of just looking over that and seeing that with the sun setting in the background it was really, really special. Yeah, and we were really lucky with the weather most days. Most of the time, <laughs> <on> Saturday. <laughs> it was either unbearably hot or um yeah, it was putting with rain one of the days, um, which wasn't wasn't great, but really turned into a two sided information desk was actually <laughs> getting the back opened out. It was really welcoming almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and then we got given our little rain ponchos on the Saturday to yeah. the strike. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't it wasn't too bad at night. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no, a pretty pretty mammoth event. Um. So, Rudy. Um. Before we kind of wrap up the call, I was going to ask kind of like what things you are um getting up to with your job and how long you've been in Shetland um now. Um. So the re- funnily enough, I came up to Shetland for the first time since last summer, and um, just to kind of spend a month as a student working up here. So it was very um, like hands on, just kind of practical work doing just stuff that needed done about the site. But it was um, an amazing opportunity at the time. I thought just to kind of it was the first time I'd seen something of that scale, kind of in person, and how it all mm-hmm. worked together with 
the amount of construction going on and everything like that. So I spent a month up last August, so this time last year, I think I left actually, um, just before I went back for my final university. But it's been nice to see that kind of project come through. And since I've been back, since the start of um, June, end of May, I've kind of been first-hand dealing with the students that were in my place last year. Um, so I've kind of been um, like mentoring them almost, making sure that they're kind of going through the same um, processes I did, kind of explore, exploring with them the options that are available because most people kind of don't realise them. Um, but it's been really, as you said, we've been so busy all summer just with everything going on. Yes. We've had um, two companies up rocket testing with us, so I've been kind of involved with that, kind of um, blazing on both sides for the company, stuff like that, and then kind of just projects about the site, just general day-to-day stuff, but it's been all go all summer, so. Yeah. People are so busy. Yeah. And how, how do you find the comparison, like you're saying you're from Barra, how do you find the comparison going to Shetland to Barra? What's the difference for you? So weather-wise, I don't find it that different. Yeah. <laughs> I say coming up, you're going to get in for a big shot through the winter, yeah. but I was the same at home. Like we'd get like days without power and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. we're our winds. In that aspect, it's not really at all different. Maybe the one weather thing is the temperature probably gets slightly hotter in the summer at home. Mm-hmm. I think 16 degrees is maybe <laughs> the hottest this year. I'm, so I'm currently in Edinburgh just about to head up on holiday and it's not it's not very much here at the moment but I would no. this is too hot. <laughs> not used to it. <laughs> That's what I'm used to. But um, the main thing I kind of shocked me almost was when I, so when I arrived you were kind of hitting the start of June and you probably know what's coming but the one thing that kind of caught me was just how light it is all the time. Mm-hmm. Over that first month I was there, this isn't something I get at home because I grew up further south. But um, just kind of, I don't think I saw like darkness for like a month's time. It was quite surreal, actually. Yeah. At the time I was going to sleep, it was still kind of, it wasn't like blue skies kind of light, but it was just that kind of ambient kind of sunlight still. And it was really like quite surreal. Almost. Yeah. It was almost yeah. magical in its own sense. But... It does feel a bit like that, and you're kind of still seeing that during the tall ships. That you see a lot of the pictures that everybody got, um, and there were some stunning evenings that it was just yeah. so light at night, which really works for like because it was like a lot of the music events were outdoor kind of festival mm-hmm. type type events. So like it kind of works for that in a sense. Like it, it sets a good atmosphere in itself. Yeah, and it works kind of truthfully in the winter as well. So you got with events like up hilly and that, and that like the constant darkness that you get as well, like really amplifies those kind of events like yeah kind of bringing like, the fire and stuff like that yeah that's what makes that special in its own way as well so yeah it'll be interesting to see through the winter just how kind of dark it gets yeah and that's another thing really actually you got to experience your first uh Apelia, kind of yeah so kind of <laughs> stressed but, so they put on the scally fire festival i think it was called yep um just with all the yarl squads for this year or last year yeah, all the ones from this year, from all around yeah. Shetland. So um, I don't know how long they had to plan because I know the actual events, they get like 20 years or something. But <laughs> it was really, really impressive for something that was obviously done under a much smaller time scale than they usually do. Yeah. It's um, really amazing to see. So they, had, they built the boat and everything burnt. So it just seemed a sheer wonder. It was nice to see all the squads come together for it. Yeah. I remember we went with um, people from Stiller and like, seeing everyone from Unst and like all the way down to the Scatway own one. It was really, um, it was the whole island's kind of coming together to make something special. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. They're all coming from away, so yeah. But Something to look forward to. It's a real thing, to be honest. <laughs> it will be good. You'll enjoy it. Um, it will be exciting. Um, yeah, no, that's really exciting. Thanks so much for coming on, Rudy. That was being no, excellent. No, my pleasure, completely. Come back anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you all agree with us too that Rudy is one of the nicest people ever. Um, and yeah, just it was nice to get a kind of update on how the tall ships went after speaking to Emma Miller um, a couple of months ago now, um, before the event, talking about what was going to be happening. Um, she was the project manager, so it's nice to hear somebody kind of out with it from out with Shetland and um, giving their perspective on how it went. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I. I went to the tall ships, but was only there for a day. But even like just being there for that amount of time, it was still an incredible experience. Like the amount of people that were there is. It was also just funny because I have never seen um, Lorwick that busy. To yeah, be honest. yeah, it um, was crazy, crazy busy. Yeah, and I was there. I wasn't even there on the weekend, so I didn't see it. At, at it's full. I'm assuming. Were you there on the really sunny day? Yeah yeah lucky yeah it was gorgeous that day as well mm. went on some of some of the boats and then had to wander around the stalls and stuff and it was just it was so nice yeah. that's like <laughs> yeah and there was music going on whilst i was there as well i caught some of it i think it was a local band but yeah it was really really good really positive yeah no it really showcased shetland and what we can kind of kind of do on a large scale like that with events um and yeah, the the music actually. I don't think we me and Ruby really spoke about that very much, but the music was like really impressive to see because it was mostly Shetland local bands. Yeah. Um, with a couple of headline acts coming up from South, um, and some of the evening acts, but but yeah, very very impressive to see them out of yeah, but Shetland. by by coming up from South, they are still Scottish bands, aren't they? And they're not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think all of them were. I don't think were they not? the no, I don't know if the Queen tribute band on the Saturday was a Scottish band. I'm not oh. I, they could have been, but I'm not too sure. Oh, so yeah, okay. I thought you were being funny because I was like cuz wasn't it was Tidelines was one of the big ones. Tidelines and Pete and Diesel. Yeah. Um, so two pretty incredible bands. Yes. Um so if you're around Shetland what it would be another 12 years, wouldn't it? Well, I think Emma was saying that that's just kind of what's happened twice now, off by chance that it's been 12 years kind of uh, roughly between the events. Um, so it was 99, 2011, and then now 2023. So it's been roughly that period, but it could be longer. They could never come back. Um, but I feel like that's very unlikely to happen because yeah. Shetland does a good job and has done a good job. Yeah, it's so times. successful. So successful. Um, so, yeah, that is sort of all we have for you this week mm-hmm. it's a bit of a shorter episode but we s- hope you enjoyed it anyway yes um but so we shall see you in two weeks for two the next weeks, episode then. see you soon you've been listening to radio sax Award. join us every sunday for a new episode to follow the progress of saxford spaceport visit our website saxavord.com and to keep updated on the podcast, join the conversation on Instagram and Twitter at Radio Saxford and use hashtag Saxford Sundays. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time.